everyone. Welcome to another episode of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology. So this week, we are talking about the lunar eclipse, which is coming on Saturday night on the west coast of the U.S. around 9.44 p.m. And on the east coast, it'll be uh, technically Sunday, July 5th at uh, 12.44 a.m. So almost 1 a.m. It'll be exact And of course, later in the day for those of you wonderful folks that are listening overseas. And uh, anyway, so this is a wonderfully powerful, auspicious eclipse. Uh, As you know, this is the third, as we've been sharing, this is the third eclipse of this, what I called it, the great summer eclipse sandwich, right? We had the first lunar eclipse on June 5th at um, 14 degrees of Sag. It was our first Sag-Gemini eclipse on the Sag-Gemini eclipse axis, which is now going to be prevailing uh, for the next two and a half, uh, one and a half to two years. And uh, this one is, um, then we had the solar eclipse, of course, the the ginormous zero degrees of Cancer, right? Uh, Divine Mother, zero Cancer, the world point, birthing this new compassionate society. And now we follow up with our final eclipse in the Cancer-Capricorn eclipse axis, uh, which is this upcoming solar eclipse at, um, in, um, in, uh, uh, 13 degrees of Capricorn. So this is very auspicious for many reasons. We won't be seeing eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn for another 18.6 years. So this is always about the evolutionary work, you know, eclipses and the nodes as they travel through the zodiac. They're always highlighting areas of transformation and evolution that we must address individually and collectively in order to evolve. Uh, this particular Cancer Capricorn eclipse cycle is probably the most difficult one we'll ever live through because we had Lord Pluto, the god of hell, um, you know, the, as as we have all seen in one one way or the other um, in in the mix, not just Saturn and Pluto, which is intense enough already, you know, um, Saturn and Pluto conjunct, but we actually had three, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto. So when you bring Pluto in the mix, man, you just, you know, it's like burn the house down, right? You don't fix the house. You just take it apart and you rebuild from nothing. So these have been extremely intense as we have seen in the world. And now this is our third and final lunar eclipse, uh, our third and final eclipse. And it's a lunar eclipse in the sign of uh, Capricorn. So what I'm going to talk about today is this particular eclipse, and um, and also the um, it makes some amazing connections with fixed stars. I'm also going to talk about our health. Um, I'm probably going to be incorporate. I got the the message earlier today to incorporate um, the our health into into these uh, transits. You know, especially with eclipses. You know, what areas of our body do we want to address, especially physical health and and such, uh, certainly mental and uh, spiritual health as well. And uh, speaking of spiritual health, the end of this podcast, I'm going to share with you another mantra. This because this one is a lunar eclipse and. Lunar has to do with mothering the the divine goddess, uh, the divine feminine. I'm going to be giving you um, uh, an idea for one. Of course, there are many, but um, I'm going to share one of those. And I'm going to talk about fixed stars. Uh, where, where that are giving us some clues, some really uh, fascinating clues as to um, the energies that are that are riding on this eclipse. 
So there we go. Let's dig in. Okay, so this eclipse is at the 14 degrees, uh, 13, sorry, 13 degrees of Capricorn. It's exactly 13 degrees and what, 37 minutes? And um, the reason why this is a very important eclipse, especially for the United States, is because it's happening, at least on the West Coast um, and such, it's happening on um, West Coast and, you know, except for the East Coast, the rest of the country is going to be in on July 4th. It's our birthday. So um, to have an eclipse on a country's birthday, whoa, yeah, it's, it's big. And a, because we are a cancer country, in other words, July 4th, 1776, right, that our birthday, we're, we're, we're a cancer country. And a lunar eclipse, the moon is ruled by, is cancer, right? It's, it, cancer rules the moon. And um, so, um, I'm sorry, the moon is ruled by cancer. Uh, Mercury's retrograde, right? Everything's crazy. All right, so the because the moon is the um, Lord, we could say the, the goddess, not the Lord of the eclipse. Let's, let's feminize in some of this, right? Take some gender and make it equal. The goddess of this eclipse is the moon. So, um, and of course, being the moon is, it rules the sun of the U.S. In other words, it's a cancer sun. So we would say, if you're a cancer, the moon rules your sun, you see, because it is that way. And uh, so the moon rules is is ruling this eclipse and our our country the USA is ruled by the moon so that's super auspicious um and uh of course if you look back in time the last lunar eclipse in capricorn around this degree was in 2001 and of course you know a few months later boom 911 um, so uh, that would you know it's the indicator of uh, addresses of security of our country, of our comfort zones and nurturing, um, how we nurture, uh, what avenues of expression are now closing and what doors are opening in terms of these, these ideas. Um, the Sabian symbol for this eclipse is called, um, as as if you remember, the Sabian symbols are kind of like divinatory. They're like tarot symbols in astrology. And every de- degree of the zodiac has a certain uh, very uh, mystical image that's associated with it. Well, in this one, the the um, this particular image is called, um, let's see, it's this uh, Sabian symbol for this eclipse of, you know, 13 degrees and change of, of Capricorn. It's, I'm going to read this to you. It's fascinating because these are going to give us clues. The Sabian symbol plus um, fixed stars. There are some, I, I, I will give you some good news up front, okay? Because I know we all need good, good news right now. We've got coronavirus raging, um, Florida, Texas, you know, the California. I, I, my heart goes out to you. Yes, wear your masks. It's absolutely vital. Um, as we were saying all year, you know, how important it is that we um, discipline ourselves and focus. And so um, wearing a mask is you know, you telling the universe, yes, I'm, I'm definitely thinking of others. And that was a very big theme, um, with, especially with the solar eclipse. And if you haven't listened to that, the last previous podcast episode on that, please do. 
So anyway, these uh, back to the Sabian symbols. Oh, back to the <laughs> back to the good news. Yeah. So there's some fixed stars that are gonna that are very fortunate that are making contact with this eclipse. So of course we all need this good news, right? <laughs> Suffering from an international global pandemic. Um, so again, uh, and I want to emphasize too, it's like, yes, uh, you know, are there challenges? Yes, of course. I'm going to mention some heavy things coming up right now. Um, however, um, we have to be mindful of the larger picture and especially of how these, um, and that no matter what dire circumstances may be out there in the field, we must be mindful of this larger picture that um, gives us the the perspective with which to deal with this, and um, especially because it's it's all about the light. It's coming from you know um, the light is creating this transformation. Is 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 odd as it may sound, but um, these fixed stars are going to get give us some clues and reminders of how we can move through this and what what is the kind of the big show that's running this. Okay, so. The Sabian symbol for this eclipse is an ancient bas-relief carved in granite remains a witness to a long-forgotten culture. That may be pronounced bas-relief. I don't know. With my French background, I see B-A-S and I'm like bas-relief. But a a bas-relief is a a carving on stone. So, um, you know, you, you've often seen them on the top of like Greek temples and, and such or Egyptian carvings. And it's a, a flat, you know, piece of you know, marble or granite. And then the image is carved in. It's called a, a, a bas relief. Anyway, um, this is an ancient carving, right, in granite. So this is, the keynote of this is, uh, this is a Dane Rudger, great, great, one of the great astrologers of all time in the 20th century. He wrote these um, interpretations that I'm reading from. I'm going to read another one from another person, um, and it'll give you some really, we'll, we'll get some good meat out of this. So the will to unearth, this is the keynote, the will to unearth in our culture, as well as in any culture, which has permanent va- what has permanent value, and to let go of non-essentials. If that's not the most unbelievably powerful statement about the lunar eclipse, you know, I could just stop right there, right? If that's all you need, you know, you can go now. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to give you a little little more on this. He says, at a time when in e- nearly every land, people are questioning and challenging the validity of traditional beliefs and customary attitudes, it becomes necessary to separate permanent values and great principles or symbols from the many individual habits and the socio-political developments which more often than not have perverted or even negated the original ideals of the culture. I think we can all see that too, especially with the coronavirus uh, showing, you know, and uh, the devastation to the economy and uh, where it's showing us that our original cultural ideas of taking care of one another have become decimated when you have a billionaire, you know, plutocracy, the, the rule by the wealthy, uh, that is, you know, they made hundreds of billions of dollars off this pandemic. It's like 
disaster porn is one with a term I've seen on Twitter, you know, disaster capitalism. When you see those kinds of things, um, yes, that is definitely a negation of our original, we're, we're, hello, we're supposed to be a cancer country. We're supposed to be taking care of ourselves. Um, but it's the shadow, right? So the shadow is coming up. It, it goes on. We must strive to free these ideals, you know, these original ideals, from the wild growth of personal and class selfishness, from the greed and ambition so prevalent in human nature, and learn to appreciate the excellence of what is the immortal seed foundation, as well as the spiritual harvest of any culture, and by extension, of every sustained and complete work produced by a man's indomitable indomitable effort to achieve creative perfection. In this fourth stage symbol, we are shown the procedure which enables us to gain a deep and thorough appreciation of socio-cultural processes in their most enduring forms. What is needed is a penetrating and courageous insight founded upon a valid historical, big letters here, I'm reading you, a valid historical perspective. That, that was in bold, right? So get your perspective. This applies to the past of an individual's life as well as to the history of a nation or group. Let that sink in. The, uh, there's another, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, they're called Chandra symbols. Again, these are, it's a, it's a, it's the, each symbol of the Zodiac. And this is by, um, Elias Lonsdale. There's a great book called Inside Degrees, Developing Your Soul Biography Using the Chandra Symbols. So I thought I would read this to you as well, because it's another set of interpretations for these same degrees of the zodiac, but they often offer different facets. Uh, since he calls these the Chandra symbols, and Chandra in Sanskrit means moon, uh, and this is a lunar eclipse, how apropos. So let me pull this up. This is the uh, third, say Cancer, I mean um, Capricorn. Just want to pull that up. Hold on. Okay. This Chandra symbol calls this eclipse energy beads carved from human bone. Hmm. Okay. The body carries memories of every world we have ever been through. These memory strings or beads bind us to the earth. We feel pinned to the spot, responsible for everything that happens around us, somehow the one in charge. For we are carrying the continuous memory and legacy of the ancient mystery streams and of forgotten modes of knowledge. We bear the treasures intact. It makes everything count. It means that we cannot get away from ourselves or our fate for a moment. We are compelled to fulfill our vows and to bring into this world the towering awareness and strange resonance of the giants, of the ancestors, of the great ones, 
of the inner ways, never lost, impossible to forget. I could just leave it there <laughs> as well. But I promised you that mantra and the fixed stars. So, yeah, again, they're both pointing to this clues about the big picture. Remember where you come from as we navigate this outrageous turn of the economy crashing, of coronavirus for in the moment increasing in the United States. Um, you know, as these things uh, show up in that shadow, that we must maintain that larger perspective. Okay, so moving right along. Um, before I get into the aspects and such, I just want to say that um, I, I have to uh, clarify something I said in error earlier. I said about the lunar eclipse that the moon was the ruler. No, I, I should have said Saturn is the ruler because this is a lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So lunar, yes, it's the moon, but it, the sign... So my apologies, it is Mercury retrograde. We do make flubs even on podcasts. Um, the Saturn, uh, because Capricorn, you know, Saturn rules Capricorn and it's a lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So we would say that Saturn is the lord of the eclipse. That's kind of like the, the terminology. So that means everything Saturn related is going to be highlighted here. So um, Capricorn is, you know, the mountain goat climbing for wealth and position um, it you know it symbolizes the uh, the passage of time. You know Saturn's name was Kronos in in the Greek Kronos. So you know um, it's also it's also associated with industry, um, business, corporations, um, public buildings, organizations, uh, these kinds of things. Um, elders, uh, statesmen, politicians, um, state executives, uh, civil service you know, government workers like civil service employees can also be landowners, real estate, you know, these are all various things. And uh, Saturn is a, a planet that of limitation and challenge and discipline of conservation and, and restriction. So um, this eclipse would be, um, you know, indicating, you know, eclipses are always where one door, the end of, there's the endings of something, especially a south node eclipse. It's like the ending of uh, what has gone before. And with this being a south node lunar eclipse, this is about culmination, right? Lunar, a full moon is about the culmination of things. Well, a lunar eclipse, not just a full moon, but it's a it's a full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So it's the culmination of, of the way, you know, our, our whole corporate structure, you know, business, the economy, all those Saturn ruled things, the culmination of it and the release. So it's endings, the endings of how we've seen them and, and how the structure of how we have had our government, our society, um, all of these things. Now, this is especially important with it being like, you know, we're saying the USA, our, you know, birthday is July 4th. So the fact that this eclipse falls on our birthday is very auspicious. So it's really going to have a big impact. And it's really pointing because wherever 
not only uh, not only that, but um, wherever an eclipse falls is is indicated. Of course, you know the the affairs of those countries are are more indicated. But the fact that this is not only falling, the shadow of the eclipse will fall over all of. Um, all of the United States, but it's also um, on the the birthday. So this is this is why this is a, a very auspicious lunar eclipse. So this is also about soul and emotion, you know, right? Because the the polarity being Cancer, so it's like okay, we've had enough of this patriarchal, rigid, um, you know, driven kind of ambitious, you know, like the the, the mountain goat that climbs and climbs and climbs at at any cost, you know, uh, to reach the top. So we're 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 letting go of that paradigm, and this is what this is indicating for um, for this lunar eclipse. Now Mercury is. For this eclipse, Mercury is conjunct the sun, meaning side by side, um, six degrees away, but, you know, certainly close enough, and it's opposing the moon. So that means that maybe, uh, you know, how you communicate your feelings might be, um, you know, more, it, it's certainly more important in this eclipse phase. So uh, we might be, you know, scrambled or confused thinking, you know, maybe uh, polarized and um, it might be difficult to, um, you know, understand things. And uh, so anyway, and it's also Mercury retrograde, so misunderstandings aplenty. We've also got a square with Mars. So Mars, which could be like combative behaviors, could cause upsets. So we, you know, we want to, you know, with that square, they're, they're kind of at, at odds with each other. So there's a conflict and a, a tension that needs to be worked out between, you know, us asserting ourselves and our independence versus um, stepping on others. Or we want to assert, but do it in a compassionate manner. So that's what that would pretty much, um, you know, emphasize. Um, you know, the other thing is this lunar eclipse is also trining, meaning a, a very favorable aspect with Uranus. Uranus is in the sign of Taurus. And so um, the sun is, um, I'm sorry, uh, the moon is trining Uranus. So that could be something uh, pretty exciting. It could be some um, deep, um, you know, change, in positive change in excitement. Um, it could... Um, you know, you might feel this is an opportunity to really, you know, let yourself be free, you know, dye your hair green, I don't know, you know, <laughs> um, you know, express yourself in an unusual way or more, you know, out there, um, new opportunities and freedom, um, you know, so it, it could be all these things, uh, you know, indicating that. Certainly, you know, Uranus is also the planet of chaos and revolution, so um, you know, where where we might revolutionize, our, because it's Uranus and Taurus, where is there a revolution of values and how can we incorporate that into, remember the south node lunar eclipse, we're letting go of that rigid, you know, the, the corporate life structure, um, the status quo, and then how can we infuse, you know, we'll have help infusing this new inventive way of being that's very humanitarian, right? Uranus being, you know, world brotherhood and sisterhood peoplehood, right? Um, <clears throat> this is a gender fluid uh, and a gender, um, wide gender spectrum podcast. So we, we include all, all expressions. And that's what Uranus wants from us, right? You know, to, to um, open up our values and, and, uh, you know, connect like that. So that's an exciting thing, the Uranus, um, you know, sextile. <clears throat> so, 
Anyway, there's now, um, let me see, I'm going to also talk about, oh yes, okay, I've got the chart in front of me for, I pulled up the chart for um, the lunar eclipse in Washington, D.C. So um, we have, um, in in that regard, we have, so we, that would represent the country, you know, at this time. There's an interesting, these are some of the things I want to talk about, some fixed stars, but also these, um, ast- a couple of um, asteroids and, you know, minor minor bodies, celestial bodies, but they make some interesting, you know, they don't have the weight of planets, but they, if you think of like a diamond ore, there's like little glimpse or glints of light that kind of sparkle if you, you held a rock in your hand and you see these little, little sparks. So they're, they're helping to support a bigger story. So what I find it fascinating is there's one called Quaor, Quaor, I don't know, I have to work on the pronunciation of that, <laughs> but I've talked about Quaor before. So just to kind of remind everybody, you know, what is, what is Quaor? Um, Quaor is about the sacredness of life, and it, it was the, the creator god of the Native American Tongva tribe who were the original inhabitants of L.A., right? The first ones. Uh, that settled there, you know, many, many years ago. But in the, in, according to their creation legend, um, Quaor came down from heaven and re- reduced chaos to order. And he, you know, the creation stories. So, but it's really cool because it's like, he, it's like he, he or she danced, um, danced the uh, universe and danced the world into existence. It, and so it's it's about using all of our creativity and passion to you know create out of nothing, and I love the fact that in the United States chart, um, it is conjunct the midheaven right at the very very top of the heavens, so that's important and that's lending it's that energy to the to our new society like as we let go of the old rigid structures of the billionaires and the plutocrats that have run this country. This is definitely indicating the decline of all that, and we're closing a door on all of that history. And as we do so, the the suggestion here is like Quaor going, hey, look, over here, why don't you create something outrageous and, uh, you know, you're true, it's, it's in the sign of Capricorn. So, hey, let's create a structure that's based on our creativity and, and drum that into existence, you know. So I like that. And I also like, um, there's ha- um, Haumea, is, who is the Hawaiian goddess, the fertility goddess in the Hawaiian uh, tradition. And she's in, in charge of um, childbirth, and, and she's like the mid- midwife. Um, and she is in opposition to Eris. So Eris has gotten a lot of play in this last year, especially, it's, certainly it's because she... Um, has been squaring the whole Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto freight train. She's an Aries and she's making a square there. She's at 24 degrees for this eclipse in 32 minutes. So um, that's the god. She's the goddess of discord. She kind of like makes messes and fights. You, you ever meet people who just pick fights for no reason, but just make people miserable to just pick a fight, like ultimate rebel kind of, but but not really very constructive. It's it's chaos, but chaos for the sake of chaos. Well, she's directly opposite Haumea. So I find that interesting. Like here are these two goddesses. One is like, we can say, not making her wrong. Okay, Eris, please. Uh, but it's like she's 
she's kind of like this, um, you know, this upstart and, and all, and, and a firebrand, you know, she's an Aries, this is firebrand energy, um, but also um, opposing Haumea in Libra. So it's like, so lovely. And it's like, can we just give birth and have this, we're going to create and birth a new society that's based on love and grace and beauty and harmony, right? Libra. But Eris is like, you know, so they're kind of, she's kind of like the the bad girl archetype. So it's like, and it's so the, the opposite ends is it's calling for this integration. So it's like, how about you can stir things up, but stir things up for a bigger purpose. So that there needs to be some compromise and some blending and a willingness to face both of these these facets. And, you know, Haumea is also, as Eris is squaring, Haumea is squaring those, the Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto freight train as well. So she is, um, you know, she, she has this great, you know, she's got this great story. She could birth from uh, various parts of her body. She could shape shift into youth she had this magical connection with nature and regenerating nature. Um, she uh, certainly, if there were like problems with agriculture or food, she had this like magic wand and she could just create food um, out of nothing, you know, bring, create feeding and, and uh, regenerate food and food supplies. I find it's very interesting because when if you remember right after the the quarantining started in you know february march um the remember how the dolphins came back to venice you know within within weeks there were dolphins swimming in clear water in the in the venice canals and so there's there's an example of look how we can regenerate nature you know here's here's a new way of being so she is a squaring so they are both making their contributions and uh, so there is that, that balancing. Now, let's see. There are some fixed stars that uh, I want to talk about as well. Um, one of them is Sirius. So the Sirius, which is the brightest star in the heavens, Sirius is, has very great import with like ancient Egypt. So um, this is the time where the dog days of summer you know, they, that's what they call the dog days of summer. This is when Sirius starts to rise. So it's interesting that it's exactly conjunct the sun right now, you know, and that's in our USA chart. We had, you know, um, Sirius conjunct the sun. So we drew, or we have this potential of drawing upon ancient Egypt and that's and its wisdom and knowledge and consciousness. You know, no surprise then that you see the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill, right? There's an there's a very obvious image of Egyptian connection with. Because I always wonder, you know, what does an what does a pyramid on the other side of the world have to do with? George Washington, you know, I, I never, I didn't understand, you know, when you look at it as a kid, you're like, what's this doing here? But um, anyway, that the Sirius, the star Sirius is, um, it's the closest star to Earth connected to ancient Egypt. It's linked to agriculture and um, it has to do, you know, the rise of the Nile was connected to the um, transit, transit of Sirius. And it's also the star of Isis, the goddess Isis, which is the goddess of renewal like quantum renewal. So the fact that the sun is, you know, conjunct that and also Vesta, the, 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 um, 
an asteroid Vesta. It's one of the largest asteroids. It's almost like the size of a small planet. One of the first asteroids discovered. Vesta has to do with what are we so deeply devoted to that we would just give up our whole lives, our normal, comfortable lives. You know, so this Vesta in Cancer is about we are so devoted to family and tribe and and our homeland and our security of this that's based on this compassionate divine feminine foundation. So that's where we shine when we keep our devotion to that. So I find that that's playing a very, you know, key uh, part in as we let go of this male patriarchal um, structure, we are, uh, you know, infusing this divine light essence. So that's very exciting. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, yes. So fixed stars. So there's these two... um, there are these two uh, fixed stars, and then I can talk about Cherry Clo too. There's uh, this fixed star, Acela, uh, which is 13 Capricorn. That star um, is of the nature of Jupiter and Mercury, so it has the uh, elements of a spiritual cosmic expansion, you know, spiritual mind, Mercury, right? Thoughts and writings and communications and thinking, uh, philosophical ideas uh, and such. Uh, being thoughtful and um, I would say Jupiter too being like abundant uh, confidence and optimism. It gives good fortune, it gives happiness. So hey, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, we could all use some of that, right? And the uh, other one, the fixed star Nunki is in... um, it's in the vein of the archer, this, the, 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 of the arrow of the archer. And, um, the um, astrology of that is again, you know, similar nature of Jupiter and Mercury, you know, spiritual mind and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. Those are, you know, little, again, little glints and indicators of, um, of, you know, things that are the potentials here. And then there's Chariklo. Now, back in January, when we had the the exact Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto conjunction at 22 degrees of Capricorn, um, Chari Klo is right there in the mix. She is, she, she was Chiron's wife. Chiron was married, who knew, right? And she's getting more attention now too, again, especially because this year has been that late Capricorn, you know, freight train, and she happens to be right there with the boys, so uh, she is at, was it 24 degrees, Chari Klo? Yeah, so uh, she's right there. No, she's right now at 27 degrees. So Saturn is coming back in its retrograde. It's, it's at 29 degrees right now. And there is this connecting with her. Now I have to also say Saturn at 29, remember 29 degrees is a karmic degree. Saturn rules corporate corporations. So the fact that Saturn's in that point, it's a very fateful karmic destiny, you know, about this, the, the, um, dismantling of society, of these old structures that are outworn and um, no longer work. And here is Chariklo. He's, you know, he, he joined hands with her and now he's coming back he's stepping back and in her range again. And uh, she is a, uh, you know, Chiron's wife. So, you know, what is that? You know, what, what's that all about? Well, let's see. Here are some of the qualities of Chariklo. Um, it's about um, holding sacred space, right? Um, it can be instinctively holding it. 
Um, it's also a um, the theme of boundaries. Um, its ability to maybe it's doing invisible work about caring for those in transition. You know this this kind-hearted person behind the scenes, um, whether you know someone's being born or somebody's dying or being or ill or you know all of those things. She's like this cosmic midwife. So she, you could say, with the Saturn conjunction, she's helping us die those old, you know, the old order dying off, and she's helping us rebirth into a new frequency. She's very yin, you know, it's she's a girl, deeply yin um, energy of receptivity, and of course, out of you know, out of that comes this this new world, a new earth, literally, as Eckhart Tolle would say. So, um, you know, she's, she is a bountiful in compassion, devotion, discernment. You know, she's really um, the ability to, to hang in there and create sacred space when, you know, heck, the whole world's falling apart, right? Interesting that when she was discovered, she's only discovered about 23 years ago, 1997, when she was discovered, her it's what's called a discovery chart. The moment they discover a new heavenly object, they they have a birth chart, and this birth chart it's pretty phenomenal. There are um, it the um, aspects in the chart create a six pointed star. It's almost perfect six pointed star, um, very rare. Um, a six six pointed star uh, configuration like the Jewish star, or you could say a Merkaba vehicle. You know, it's like six points. So um, wow, there's you know there's a story right there. Um, so yeah, I just like the fact that there is, um, there is this the strength to be receive and bear witness and hold space so we can gently and deeply and gently endure through whatever circumstances that may, you know, throw us about and we're protected and, um, you know, we're, we're going to make it through. So I just wanted to share that with you. I'd also like to share that you know, during an eclipse, um, Earth's magnetic shield is, um, it's already been dropping, but in an eclipse, it drops further. So the veils are thin. That's why it's such a holy, sacred time. That's why it's, it's a really good time to meditate and pray and, you know, not go around in our busy minds. These are sacred portals. Um, the veil is thinner. So the subtle realms, the invisible subtle realms can be accessed more easily. And of course, the moon, you know, it being a lunar eclipse, this is our intuition is heightened, our sensitivities are heightened, our vulnerability, our emotional states. So uh, this is all part of this outrageous alchemy that's, that's taking place. And with Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune and Pluto and Mercury right now through the 12th, that's one, two, three, four, five planets retrograde. Wow, you know, that's a lot of retrograde planets. So part of this process is, you know, we want to get this right. We want to create this really outrageous world that we have never seen before, that we are totally capable of. And the as we're undertaking this massive change, yes, it's messy. You know, like birth is messy, right? You know, you, you know what childbirth looks like, especially all you moms out there. It's not, you get something outrageous, but yes, you have to go through this process. Well, with those, especially those outer planets, um, all being retrograde, um, not all of them, Uranus is not right now, but it will be next month. 
Um, you know, so we've got all the, the ad, with the outer planets representing these huge societal changes, they're all in retrograde. So they're stepping back. It's like, okay, let's review this transformational process. And that's what it's encouraging us to do. Let's step back and say, how are we doing with this? Is there anything we need to maybe tweak, you know, so that we can get this um, into its highest frequency? So um, there's only one other thing I wanted to mention about the health aspects, uh, you know, in this uh, particular eclipse. Given that I've just walked through this, my own health opportunities <laughs> with the first lunar eclipse, Saturn put me over his knee and I got spanked. Now, it's not pleasant. Let me tell you, if you've ever had a, as a, a uh, you know, Saturn uh, as part of your, um, you know, figuring largely an eclipse, uh, yes, <laughs> was not easy but I got through it how did I get through it Saturn demands responsibility focus and discipline and yes I have been taking vitamins supplements all these things regularly I put on the timer to make sure I get them all done and space them apart so that's that's a Saturn thing right that drill sergeant energy taken to my health so um, the health so in a lunar eclipse okay lunar rules you know, the lunar, the moon, so it's, you know, the womb and um, breast, womb, stomach, those kinds of things. Uh, also, the, um, the fact that it's in Saturn, Saturn rules the bones, the teeth, the skeletal frame, the knees. These are all Saturn-ruled um, areas of the body, as Michel de Nostradam, otherwise known as Nostradamus, would tell you, right, that he was a physician, he was a doctor. And, you know, in the, in the medieval days, you, you couldn't pass medical school unless you studied astrology and passed an astrology exam. They understood the connections there. So I would say here, with Saturn being the lord of this eclipse, again, taking great responsibility for our health, as has been indicated during this entire Cancer Capricorn uh, journey, this nodal journey, self-care, radical self-care on a level that we've not wanted to do, we've maybe been lazy, I know I was, uh, so getting that into order. And like I said, those areas of the body, teeth, bones, etc. Now, where this eclipse falls in your chart is going to show you that area of your life where things are coming to a close, where there is this letting go, this purging and letting go. Now, and then if as that this particular eclipse, it makes aspects to other points in your chart. So it's not that it's only those Saturn ruled areas. It's just where those, those points touch other planets in your chart is going to give you an even more definite uh, picture of what you're dealing with. For example, mine um, hitting um, in this house that rules um, you know, blood, blood, toxicity, my blood was, I had toxins in my blood, I didn't, uh, I was not eating a very balanced diet, I was eating a lot of comfort food, I slunk into a lot of comfort food, I mean, even though it's healthy, it was vegan food, but it's still, you know, there's still comfort food, too much cooked starch, I mean, it was just messing me up, and so I had to clean up my blood, so that's what I'm doing, one of the things I'm doing, detoxing the blood, getting my kidneys back, bringing those up. So looking in my chart, it's like, oh yeah, you know, there it is. Like everything that came up in my biofeedback analysis showed exactly matched my chart to a T. 
So when you uh, can spot where it is, where this eclipse is happening, wherever 13 degrees of Capricorn lands in your chart is where the area of your life that's going to be affected, and then the aspects it makes with your own planets, it's going to spell a story for you. And as well, you can look in the health realm and, and see these are areas where you really got to manage more or, you know, or maybe it'll be beneficial where you have a trine and, you know, and a sextile. So you might be getting an ease of energy flowing. So depends. It's all a fascinating story. So the last thing I want to say before we close is I promised you a mantra. And uh, just we did in the last episode, we had the um, the Mrichandaya um mantra for Shiva and Pluto. Well, this is the liberation mantra. Um, the This one is, I thought I'd share with you uh, two of them. One is um, Teata Om Bikanze, and that's a prayer to the medicine Buddha. Deva Pramal and Mitten have a great uh, rendition of this. You can Google there or do a YouTube search, Deva Pramal, P-R-E-M-A-L. And uh, so I'll just, you know, recite the lyrics and um, then, you know, the Sanskrit mantra, and then you can, you can listen on YouTube. It's beautiful. Um, it's a, it says here on, on uh, her site, it's one of the most important mantras for healing. It asks for healing from the illusion of duality. Now, given that our United States is in such a polarized place with, you know, Trumpers versus the, you know, vote blue, vote red. It's just, you know, all of that going on. And there has been such antagonism there um, and a lack of compassion and understanding and a very, you know, people just taking such sides and there doesn't seem to be any in the middle. So this would probably be a good mantra for that. And also, of course, your own physical healing from um, the, and uh, this mantra is also used for the dying process. So whether somebody is actually physically dying or a part of your life is dying, a way of, a way of being, you know, so this could be metaphorical as well. So it goes like this. Tayata om bikanze bikanze, maha bikanze, radza samangate soha. So the English translation, you know, you could say it's like you're addressing the medicine Buddha. Uh, you are the supreme healer. Please remove illness, illness, and the great illness. Now I offer this prayer. So that's, um, yeah, I just, I felt guided to share that one. And the other one is, it's a mantra for, for the, um, it's the, called the Tara Mantra. And uh, this is about um, Tara in Buddhism is the feminine aspect of compassion. So how, how perfect is that, right? For all the aspects we talked about today. The feminine aspect of compassion that resides within all sentient creatures in the universe. So it goes like this. Um, here, I'm just going to read this to you. It's really, it's really cool. Uh, the meaning of the Om Tare Mantra, the Tara Mantra, is greater than words can express. The words can only point rather vaguely in the direction of the meaning. Because, you know, Sanskrit um, and, and these, these ancient, you know, especially Sanskrit, they're, they're in Hebrew, this, the five sacred languages of light, Sanskrit, Tibetan, Chinese, Hebrew, and Egyptian. They're multidimensional language. It's not linear like English. So there's many levels and shades and uh, nuances that are presented through these. So anyway, this one 
is um, the words, uh, the word name Tara is variously interpreted to mean shining star, liberator, rescuer, savior, um, or one who ferries across. I like the fact that Uranus trining the, the moon in this lunar eclipse. Well, there's, talk about a shining star and a liberator. Uranus is the great liberator. So you see all the planets are chiming in with this. Uh, a traditional explanation of the mantra is that it uses the variations of the name Tara to represent three progressive stages of deliverance, or, you know, you could say reprogramming. Um, Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. Om Tare Tutare Ture Soha. So the seed syllables are activating the center of compassion with us, within us. Soha is like amen, like like, and so it is, or let this be so. It's the this is the Tibetan form of the Sanskrit word um, svaha. So uh, yeah, it's a liberation from suffering, from the sufferings of like you know being on the wheel of reincarnation, you know, repeating over and over until we get a lesson and breakthrough. Um, being under, you know, it helps us get out from under the control of delusion and karmas. Um, tutare is the liberation from the eight fears of the external dangers. Um, so um, it can also be in release from um, protection from internal dangers, like the delusions that we have about ourselves or our realities. And then uh, ture is the liberation from the ignorance of the absolute nature of I, the one, the true cessation of suffering. And so ha, may the meaning of this mantra take root. Like, let's give this, a, let's establish this as a foundation in our mind. So chanting these, whether silently or singing them every day, these create outrageous healing frequencies in the body. And this is elevating us so we can experience this eclipse, which is definitely about ending, especially in the United States, you know. Saturn rules leaders too. So there are there are endings of things and new beginnings. And these mantras will assist us in, in where we experience reality in its highest frequencies. So, you know, the choice is always ours. So with that, I bid you adieu. And just want to say to a shout out to Monday night, if you're interested, I am doing a podcast, I mean, sorry, not podcast, a um, webinar on the um, the next few months for the rest of 2020. We're going to be talking about Trump, Trump's chart, also the USA chart, and how this Mars retrograde is going to be affecting us uh, moving forward, what we can expect, or we could say, um, let's reword that, potentialities, ways in which this can be played out, you know, what it might look like on a low road of consciousness and what it could bring on a high road of consciousness. So these are potentialities and um, openings and how we can best use this to navigate. Uh, So um, we're going to have a really good deep dive there. It's going to be, we've had lots of fun. So grateful for all of you who have joined us in the past. Uh, we also, it's my, my tradition, I, I give away a free uh, astrology session to uh, whoever's on the call. So we do a little drawing at the end. So it's a lot of fun. And um, anyway, so that's Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, U.S. time, 7 to 8.30. And uh, so anyway, go to my website. You can read all about that and, uh, you know, click on the little button. It's all there for you. It's um, 
starsoundastrology.com. So with that, um, namaste, many blessings, and may you experience the highest, highest blessings from this outrageous Divine Mother eclipse. Um, Divine Mother lunar eclipse in Capricorn. We are bringing in the Divine Feminine like nothing else. (laughs) So with that, I bid you adieu and many, many blessings. Namaste. This is Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Astrology, Star Sound Speaks. Thank you. Until next time.